yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HCCU Sports Lab to see if my team wanna lose. If they lose, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with the hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lose. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. Last question I got for you, Coach. Um, obviously, after having the success and participating in the Celebration Bowl, ultimately becoming Black College National Champions two years ago, uh, you talked uh, about how much uh, the television exposure really uh, took things to another level that you may not quite expect. Now you're opening it up on ABC on Saturday night prime time talk a little bit about what you know now is the opportunity and potentially the importance of being able to play in a game like this you know and i appreciate it too i think we'll probably have about as high numbers as you can have for schools such as ours you know in a game such as this uh abc i think has got a nice little uh project on his hands here that saturday evening to you know get us in front of the entire HBCU country that way. And, uh, you know, I think I, I could not go anywhere. The, the game that we did in the Celebration Bowl was still probably the most seen that I've ever been a part of. And, uh, you know, we've been a part of some pretty good-sized games. So it, it, it's pretty obvious that, you know, that they had a, a, a good idea about this because they named this thing almost immediately before the uh, – Celebration Bowl gold, thinking that there'd be an opportunity for a rematch. I didn't think they thought we'd win at the Celebration Bowl. I think they thought we we'd be trying to come back and get a win, <laughs> try to get even. You know, it, they had no idea it'd be the opposite. But at the same time, it's now our job to make sure they don't get even. Now, whether we can or not is to be determined. No doubt. Well, I'm gonna leave you yeah. with the last word before we take this last break, and then we'll come back and close the show. Anything that you want to share? in terms of uh, questions that we didn't ask? No, it's it, it, it's always just a tremendous opportunity. I, I appreciate ESPN and ABC and all the people because they own this, this this thing, you know, giving us this opportunity. Uh, our fans, you know, all of our uh, 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 alumni, everybody get, gets so excited about being a part of this thing. So we just want to go out and put on a good show and uh, – you know, we look forward to seeing you all down there this coming Saturday. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you, Coach, chopping up a little bit. Know you're game ready, so we'll get a chance to do a little more afterwards after everything goes down. As of Sunday night, there were only a little over 1,500 tickets left. So I'm Is sure they right? sell a little bit. Yeah, according to John Grant, uh, giving us uh, that update there. So uh, it's going to be a big one. Look forward to it. Okay. And we can't wait to see you down there, Coach. Good luck this week. Thank you. Good luck, Coach. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll be right back after this, and we'll. This is Dr. Ville in the HBCU episode. Welcome to episode 422 of Inside the HBCU Live Radio Show and Podcast, the show discovering the sporting HBCU diaspora, all things HBCU sports. 
from institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetic to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. Simply put, we call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Yadaville, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is still on assignment. He promised me he would be in Atlanta. We shall see. We'll keep an eye out. Carmen Santiago, where's Mike? <laughs> Coming from our home studios and sending a signal ah, to case to his 30 a.m. studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Charles, big news of the day. I think we can't skip over it. We got the last interview officially before he made the announcement, I think, at least one of the last ones. We certainly can say that. You know, they talk about me, the dean of HBC Sports. Well, we have the dean of MEAC football. Some yeah. will say dean of HBCU football mm-hmm. um, has decided that he is calling it a career. At the end of the 2023 season, he will hang up the whistle. We certainly wanted to celebrate him. Uh, all his accolades. Um, we'll throughout the show. We'll be able to throw that in a little bit. Certainly, the beginning at the end. Uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to talk about the legend, Coach Buddy Pugh, and what he means to HBCU football, the sporting HBCU diaspora, as I like to call it. No doubt, the the, the Sly Fox was Sly one more time uh, <laughs> as he was uh, probably sitting on that news the other day, but. Uh, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, one of the great HBC coaches uh, in, in terms of Buddy Pugh. Uh, wow. I mean, uh, yeah, you can't say enough. I mean, he's had some huge victories. And in this day and age of the Celebration Bowl, uh, probably none bigger uh, than that 2021 uh, Celebration Bowl win over Jackson State. Uh, they came in uh, quite a bit of an underdog in that game, and they were able to uh, pull off uh, the victory. I don't even want to call it an upset victory. It was 31 to 10, uh, but it was a heck of a victory. You can't say enough. And, you know, it's just the passing of an era. Uh, you know, it's very rare that you're going to see uh, a coach uh, at one place like this for uh, 20 some odd years. I, I think that's uh, a phenomenal uh, testament to what he's able to do at South Carolina State and, and really uh, carry on the legacy of some great football uh, from Willie Jeffries uh, at that university. Yeah, well said, well said. I was this close to asking him how long he was team <laughs> coach. <laughs> now, I don't know if it's good or bad that I didn't ask the question. Um, fascinating when you think about he started off coaching uh, in what would become what we know now to be expect challenge. He, that first game, he was in it. And now mm-hmm. he gets to close out a career coaching in the matchup. Obviously, with that big game against Jackson State, you know, as somebody at HBCU Sports, obviously a fan starting and growing up, a lot of my fandom coming of the SWAC, uh, seeing what the MEAC has done to the SWAC. We broke down the numbers last week. Uh, it's yeah. clear in a lot of ways. Going in the game, I was like, okay, SWAC is going to get a little redemption. Was not to be. But now, hindsight 2020, um, whatever that's worth is the fact that he got it done. It's good that he was able to get to the celebration bro. Yeah. Uh, with the legacy had and really put a pin on it, no matter what happens this year, not that he won't get back this year. As you said, the Sly Fox, he might find a way to have one more trick of his sleeve, start in Atlanta, I know. and end in Atlanta. Everybody had a mantra 
um, in some way, especially if they have the ability to play in the MIAC Swag Challenge, everybody wants to find a way to start there and end there. Uh, you know, which is he, the ultimate goal. Yeah, he's the master of the all shucks. Go you ahead. know, I mean, he, I, I mean, he's like I said, he's the master of the all shucks. He's gonna, he's gonna give your team all the uh, credit and the accolades and and love you in, and then guess what? So, <laughs> so uh, you always. Uh, <laughs> Marvel, and, yeah, uh, the way down. he, yeah, the way he loves you in, and I, I was laughing with Coach Taylor about that. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, he is a slot fox. He will just all shucks you to death, you know. Yeah, we don't belong on the field. Yada 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 yada. And then all of a sudden, he, he, he said it too. He, he had to yeah, yeah. Like, like man, ain't there a lot of questions with Jackson State by the end of that interview? I was like, maybe I should flip this. Maybe I, I was thinking South Carolina State." I was looking at all their defensive players after talking to him. I was like, oh, Jets, they going to be they gonna get to do this. Right, right. right. Oh, I started off totally opposite. I'm like, what What did he just do? He did it again. Slap out. Yeah. Slap out. Quote here, I wanted to let you know before the season got underway, Coach said according to a statement released by South Carolina State, quote, no one is running me off. It's my decision. When you have done something for 47 years, it's a bit tough to give it up, but it's time. I will be all right. I've had a great ride here at South Carolina State, and I will continue to care about each one of you the rest of the, my days. Now let's go out and have a good seat, end quote. Perfect way to say it. Uh, you wouldn't think it anyway from coach in terms of what that looks like. Let me give something in terms of acting athletic director Keisha Campbell. Uh, she's quoted as saying Coach Pugh has brought much success to the Bulldog football program and has played a major role in enhancing South Carolina State brand, end quote. Uh, quote, we wish him much success in his final season and know that he will continue to be a loyal son to the university, end quote. You're talking about putting another uh, machination, if you would, in terms of his game. He even found a way to do that. How much more attention do you need when you talk about these things surrounding the game. You got one coach now talking about he's going out, the old coach, the dean, if you would. And you got a new one coming in, and he finds a way to find a way to take it to another level, waiting perfectly to this last week, uh, just after a good interview on Tuesday, closing up as he's taking it down there. And so fascinating. Quote, Coach Buddy Pugh is more than just a legend on our campus in the world of college sports. Is a living example to our students to what it means to be a loyal alumnus. End quote. South Carolina State President Alexander Conyers added, quote, for more than two decades, Coach Pugh has instilled what we like to call bulldog tenacity into his players, staff members, building their character for the success on the field, in the classroom, and in life, end quote. I had a chance to send him a message once I learned the news. Um, and so it's funny that I just wanted to pay a little bit of moment of homage Spend a little more time. Like I said, we'll start, close out the show, making sure that he gets the acknowledgments he does because he's done so much for us. Anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, very apropos in our, in our travels. Uh, we stopped by South Carolina State uh, uh, coming from uh, the conference, and then uh, you have things kind of come full circle today with Coach Buddy Pugh uh, saying that this will be his final season. So glad we were able to stop by the stadium and kind of take a look around and take a look around some of the things they're doing over there at South Carolina State. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, had a hat up there, proof that we went over there. You can see that at the top, my little golf hat. South Carolina State making sure that they get the credit they do. Uh, shout out to all those informed 
again, it just makes this game that much bigger than what it was. I did want to kind of go off the radar a little bit. Uh, SIEC uh, receives NCAA tournament auto bid field expands to at least eight in 2024. You're talking about what field with eight? What does this have to do with? We're talking about D1, D2 men's volleyball. The NCAA Division I Competition Oversight Committee at its recent meeting, a meeting approved the SIEC receiving an auto bid, automatic bid to the Division I-2 men's volleyball NCAA tournament starting in 2024. The automatic bid was awarded to the SIEC despite the Division II conference uh, not being two-year eligibility waiting period. The committee opted to provide SIEC waiver because of the conference's commitment to expansion after losing one of its original men's volleyball programs. It also recognized the SIEC's efforts at, quote, fostering growth and diversity in a region that has had little representation, end quote, in NCAA men's volleyball, according to the committee meeting minutes. The SIEC is comprised of seven historic college universities throughout the South, Southeast, and Midwest that play volleyball. In addition, the SIEC becomes the sixth conference to receive an automatic berth to the NCAA tournament and joins the Conference Carolinas as the only Division II conference with a berth. The 2024 season will be SIEC's third season, um, courtesy of Commissioner Moore, uh, that has since retired uh, from the SIEC. This was one of his childs, his babies, if you would. So it's fascinating to see that it continues to live on uh, and many of the things he did in terms of legacy at SIEC. I thought that was powerful when you talk about what that looks like. So wanted to get that on the floor in terms of that news. I just think that's interesting. Shout out. The SWAT, we talked about um, preseason honors for soccer. You also have volleyball stepping it up. Preseason honors, Brooklyn Watts for FAMU. Preseason blocker, Taylor Gaines from Alabama State. Preseason libero, uh, Brooke Hudson for FAMU. Preseason setter of the year, Anna Calderon from Grambling State. Uh, you have your preseason all-SWAT uh, first team, which you have a host of folks from FAMU, Prairie View, Jackson State, Alabama State. Grambling State, Bethune-Cookman in terms of the first teams. When you get in the second team, more in terms of FAMU, Prairie View. But you also have Arkansas, um, Bluff, as well as Alabama A&M, uh, to name some of those that are on the first and second team in terms of recognizing those teams. Uh, but let's get into our first break. We'll come back on the other side and get going so we can talk a little bit more about what is going on in the HBCU sports landscape. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From novice to aficionado, Find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com you see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. 
Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. T. Madden and Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden and Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden and Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah. and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. We have Dr. Kevin Granger, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics at Texas Southern University. Uh, many people know him uh, previous seasons in terms of what he did with Texas Southern University, taking him to the NCAA tournament, winning SWAC championships on the hardwood. Uh, for those that may not understand just how talented this young man was, and I still call him young man, you know, he's a little younger than me. So uh, he, he, he's looking well for his age, so I put it out there. His banner hangs in the H&PE. So I, I'll get that out there. All your accolades, I want no problems when we come back. You can go ahead and take your mute off there. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Thank you, Dr. Cavell. I'm going to have to hire you every time I need someone to introduce me um, <laughs> at the meeting. So I like I'm the club. Baby. I like the, how you, the intro. So I'm going to have to get you on every time. Not you, Mr. Bishop. You ain't said a word, so you don't have to worry about me <laughs> hey, hiring you at all. You know I have to be quiet when the, when the host is talking, so I, I, I get my I, I do I understand. My, I, do, I, I do understand. I just wanted to poke a little fun at you. <laughs> Uh, before we get in this in all seriousness, I want to say this. Um, there's a unique thing, and you know, I like to really get into the roots of HBCU history, the business side of this. And recently, well, I guess it hadn't been that much recent. It's been over a year now. Not only are you responsible for intercollegiate athletics, under your guidance, you're one of the only athletic directors out there, specifically in HBCUs, that is also unique in terms of your responsibilities of uh, taking care of or managing the HBCU 
marching band, in this case, the Ocean of Soul, as well as the cheerleaders, the dance teams, the mascots, uh, in, in terms of those. So if you would, talk about how has that experience been in terms of bringing that into fold uh, in terms of an operational space? I give you a, a, a first-hand knowledge, a lot of sleepless nights, I can tell you that. Uh, anytime, you, anytime you add, you know, just band alone, to be honest, is a 200 and plus, you know, student population. Then by the time I do mascots and cheerleaders and I Tiger Sensation, so I'm, I'm, I'm running two departments in one. Uh, so it's a lot more added on to the plate, but we feel we have the skill set and the people surrounding us to be able to pull the job off. I think if you look at uh, where our chilling program and our band program was at, you know, over a year ago and where we are, where they are at now, I think you can see a huge improvement with our band and with our cheer and with our dance and even our mascots as well. Well, you know, we did a top five ranking, you top six rankings for HBCU Division I ADs and Vice President Athletics. Uh, with all you've done, including a championship for the cheerleaders, uh, yeah, now that comes huge. under your fold. So that that vaunted you up and made sure you were in that top six. So you know we gave you credit. Well, I, I, I thought the, I thought I thought the uh, the survey and the uh, poll was a little biased. I mean, I thought obviously <laughs> I should have been number one. I mean, uh, you know, when you add, I am the only sitting AD that manages the band and everything of that nature. So I thought that should have trumped me to number one, but I didn't. I didn't send in any complaints or anything like that. So I was okay. <laughs> I was okay. I'm just joking. Charles, take it away, man. I can't deal with this guy. This guy here. I know, right? <laughs> Dr. Gregory, uh, you guys are having a huge uh, fan fest this upcoming Sunday. Texas Southern official within the Third World community. Uh, how important uh, is this fan fest in terms of marrying the university uh, with the community? It's very important, uh, Charles, to be honest. Uh, this is a, our very first one that we've ever done. And anytime you've ever done something for the first time, it's always special. It gives our student athletes the opportunity to connect with the community and with our student body. I mean, many times me and Coach McKinney were just talking about this. Many times by the time people come to practice or come to the game, our football players always have their helmets on. So nobody really even know those individuals that play on the uh, football team. So this will be an opportunity for them to come up and get close and personal with them, to see them, feel them, touch them, and whatever else you want to say about it. And we think it's a perfect opportunity. We'll be introducing all 16 of our sports, including the band, cheerleaders, dance, mascot as well. So it'll be a huge event, as well as we'll introduce our Board of Regents members, President, housing, TSU police, KTSU. So we're introducing everybody so everybody will know everybody. Yeah, I, I like it. This is this. Go ahead. This is this Sunday, August the 27th from 1 to 5 p.m. in the HP Arena. A lot of things you'll be able to see the new facilities, including a scoreboard, state of all that's going up, among many things. Meet the teams as you talked about. You have signage, free food. Uh, which is always fun, a gaming truck for young folks that want to be involved. And there's some uh, college students out there with eSports that are big in the game, and they'll get a chance to do a little bit about that. A free admission, DJ, so a lot of entertainment involved. 
Charles, I know you had a follow-up question. I want you to be able to get that in as well. Well, I, you mentioned it. It's the first one, and I was just curious, how did it come together? What was the, uh, uh, the wellspring of thought that kind of brought this together? Well, when I looked at over the uh, course, as I said, me and Coach McKinney was having a conversation. And then I'm always trying to think of creative ways to get our players the recognition that they deserve, too. I, I want to always put our student-athletes on the for forefront. They do an amazing job in the classroom. By You know, you can look at our numbers. Just this past year, we had the valedictorian and the salutatorian from student-athletes, from the athletic department. So we want to make sure we start highlighting them as much as possible, getting them out there. But I also, as I spoke to our freshmen yesterday, it gives them an opportunity, too, to get familiar with each other. I mean, many mm. times football players don't come to the basketball games or don't go to the soccer games or the volleyball games. So we wanted to make sure we brought all of them together so they can start building a relationship and making sure they are supporting one another as well. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah, good stuff. I know there also be an opportunity, if I uh, understand this correct, I've, I've had the privilege of being around. Um, and seeing athletics from a different window. Obviously, I teach it, and so I get to talk about some of the theory. But I work with you, so I get to see a lot of the practice, uh, which is an amazing opportunity to be frank with you in regards to what that really looks like, getting inside of you. And I think maybe I can help here and there a little bit, but this is also a chance where you get to showcase uh, some of the things that you've been able to bring to campus under your leadership including a weight room, a yeah. uh, new weight room athletic facility that is nearing finish, and many other things as well over the last couple of years. Can you talk about some of the things uh, along with the DJ, the food and things like that, that people will be able to see uh, in terms of the community and fans and alumni being involved in this event? Yeah, so we will actually, too, have brochures. We made up a brochure. We have a brochure that every member will get. And that brochure, inside of that brochure, will highlight all of the athletic achievements over the last few years, meaning the championships won, uh, all of the upgrades, because many times people are not aware of all of the upgrades, enhancement that has taken place over here at TSU in the past couple of years. And after the autograph signing period, we will open up all of our facilities, so people will have an opportunity to tour and go into the football field house and see the new uh, football locker room and the players' lounge. They'll have an opportunity to go in men's and women's in volleyball locker rooms. They'll have an opportunity to see where the golf simulation is at. They'll be able to see the fueling station and where it's located at. They'll be able to go out there on the football field and see the new turf. They'll be able to see the new long jump pits that we added for the uh, track and field. They'll be able to, we even going to back up the bus that we purchased a, a few years ago, and they can go on that and see that and do a tour of that. We thought it was important for our alumni and our community to see the, the energy and effort that we are putting into TSU athletics to make sure we are upgrading TSU and upgrading our facilities for our student athletes. If the student athletes come to Texas Southern, we want them to feel special. We don't want them to feel like they could have gotten better service or been and better facilities at another school. So we want to upgrade that and make sure we, we, we solve that mission. I think it's fantastic because a lot of times when you have your head down and you're just doing the work, uh, oftentimes you 
forget about the milestones because you're looking for the next one. And I got a chance to see the brochure early, to be frank with you. I, I was just amazed in regards to all the things that you've been able to accomplish. And a lot of that goes to the credit to your team in regards to how they come together. Because in a lot of ways, this is a small department, to be frank with you, uh, from what mm -hmm. I've seen across the landscape. Uh, but the punch that you all are able to do with the APR, GSR rates, uh, which is one of the best in the league in regards to that, and really in Texas and across the country in many areas. Uh, but you mentioned some of the things, but also, you know, you have uh, the new updates in terms of the scoreboards, uh, as well as uh, the locker rooms in terms mm -hmm. of the football facilities, those new locker rooms. But just talk about the importance to also be able to celebrate your leadership team in regards to being able to put many of these things together. Well, as you alluded to, I mean, I say all the time, we, we are small, but we are mighty. We have a special group. All of us get along. We, we treat each other as family. And I think that's probably the most important thing. We don't have no egos over there in TSU Athletics. I mean, we're just trying to make it better for our student athletes. And that's, that's our only goal. That's our only mission. There ain't no ego on my chest. Or I'm walking around trying to say, hey, look what I have done. Look what I have accomplished. Because I haven't done anything. I tell them all the time, it ain't me. I'm just probably leading the program. But it's everybody pulling together. When you look at TSU community, our whole entire campus goes into making us have the highest APR rate and GSR rate in the history of the school. I give it to the, uh, our faculty. I tell our dean. I tell our provost. I tell our president office. I tell our board. I tell our custodian services. Most people don't understand just how important that is. I tell our police force. So it took all of us to come together as a community to produce the results we are producing over here. So I'm ecstatic, just not for the athletic department, but for the campus as a whole. Great point. Again, this is uh, Community Fan Fest Sunday, August the 27th. That's this Sunday from 1 to 5 in HMP Arena. I would say I do know one person over there in uh, the athletic department that has the ego, but it's not about the facilities, it's about his day playing some basketball. <laughs> so I think well, that's now, you talk to, but if you're talking to me about basketball, that's a little different. I go to a different mindset there. <laughs> oh, here you go. Yeah, I didn't want any problems when we come off and yeah. say, say, man, you uh, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'd I know you are a very busy man. You're actually on the yard now, then to go to an event. So I appreciate you taking this time. Uh, and I just want to make sure folks know. Uh, come on out. Come out this Sunday, Fan Fest, Sunday, August 27th, starting at 1 p.m., uh, 1 to 5 to be exact, in the H&P Arena. You'll get to see a lot of different things and have some fun, food, good time, spirit. Come out and have a great time. Let's, let's get together, get to know each other more, and that's the goal of it, to come, become familiarized a little bit more with each other. And hopefully, as you become familiarized yourself with these student athletes and this coaching staff, you will come out and support them a little more because that's what the ultimate goal is. We need alumni community people to come out and support these student athletes at our home games. Our soccer team plays on campus. Our volleyball team plays on campus. Our men and women's basketball play on campus. The TSU relays is on campus. We have one football game, which is homecoming on campus, but the other ones are, are five minutes away from this campus. So we just need everyone to come out this year and support them. And let's make 
23-24, a special athletic year. Looking Good forward stuff. to it. Looking forward to it. Great event. Uh, with that, we'll let you go again. We know your time is busy. We're going to get into our second break. Thank you for your time. I'm Kevin Grange of Texas Southern University, Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics, as well as the marching band cheerleaders, mascots, <laughs> the band squad. Uh, I don't know. I just keep adding on it. With all that, and you just and you just name it. Just keep going on and on because they talk about giving me something else tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, you all have a. With that being said, we'll have a great day. Break. Appreciate you. Guys. Have a good one. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, Mike Washington, is out on assignment. But we have another good one for you. We have Mr. Eddie Kelly. For those that are not aware of being sleep somewhere, uh, we have the Southwestern Conference name, a uh, longtime league official, Eddie Kelly, as the new swag football coordinator of officials a couple of years. Kelly uh, comes off the swag staff after serving the past 10 years as head referee during his distinguished career in officiating. He had also served as an official in the Southland in 2012, Pac-12 when it was a Pac-12 back in 2017. A lot of changes there. <laughs> <laughs> his career, Kelly has worked a total of five SWAC championship games. And this is when you were announced, so I've worked many since then, I'm sure. Three Bayou class. 2016, I thought this was interesting, working a 6A Texas High School Football State Championship. And anybody from the state of Texas understands how folks seriously take high school football in this area. Sometimes people will say a ridiculous amount when you look at some of these new stadiums going. But, again, that's a different conversation. Uh, currently serving as the president of Southwest 
and Athletic Conference Football Officiating Association. With that being said, how you doing? Welcome to the show, Mr. Eddie Kelly. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me, Doc. I appreciate being here. Uh, excuse me for not, I guess, being all nice and dressed up like you guys are. Just <laughs> <laughs> You good? You official. You good. Just don't throw the yellow flag. We good. There you go. <laughs> Just got in, you actually. From... Enforcement-like conduct, you'd be like, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, just got in from visiting all three uh, institutions in Mississippi and oh, uh, got back this evening and uh, want to apologize to Doc about last Thursday I was going to be on and was going to Florida to visit schools and messed around and the flight got delayed with weather and all that stuff, so missed out. So I am very happy to be here. And thanks for the the introduction there. You know, uh, yeah, I, that high school championship in Texas was uh, it was nice. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, uh, at that time, before I uh, did the Pac-12 game, it, it might have been the highest paid game I had. You know, so oh, wow, yeah, wow. they That's they treat talk. you well and they pay you well at at high school. Uh, Championship games in Texas, that's for sure. Look so at that. We're, we're pretty much the envy of all the other states because we get a cut of that gate in the Jerry World in Dallas, man. He, he treats you very, very nice. Very that's nice. all right. So, yeah. no, that's good to hear. But, always get a different perspective. That's good to hear. Yeah. Getting to the SWAC, this is my fifth year as a coordinator, and it doesn't feel that long, but time has, has flown by pretty well, you know. And, um, like I say, visiting the coaches have been going over new rules with them and going to practice, going to scrimmages with them. And normally the whole month of August, I do that. So uh, I'm done. I got preview to get, and then I'll be done, you know. So uh, one more. Yeah. Yeah. I got 11 down, one to go. So it's, it's pretty neat. You know, this year we are having a couple of new rules that the fans need to know about. Uh, we're going to go into the NFL mode a little bit. We will not stop the clock on first downs unless he goes out of bounds, of course. But regular first downs where we normally stop it, set up the chain, then get it back going, we're going to keep the clock running. So it's up to us to get the chains moved on a little quicker and make it happen, mm -hmm. you know, which I think is it's not that tough a job for us because we've been uh, moving it pretty quick anyway here the last mm -hmm. couple of years. So – I don't think that'll be a big problem to, when we get inside of two minutes and of uh, the second quarter and the fourth quarter, that's when we will change it up a little bit and go back to the old way of uh, having the, the, the clock situation run. So it's pretty neat, you know, that we're changing that. And of course, some people say just flat out is for TV and it might have a legitimate gripe right there, but it's also that we're trying to protect the, the student athletes from not having to play as many plays. We figure mm. normally a game will run between 180 and 200 plays. So with this, we're hoping, and we'll, we'll check it out this year, to see if we're between 170 and 190. Because it's mm. basically up to an offensive team as to how many plays they get in, as how fast they want to go, how well they get, you know, first downs and, uh, keep the thing moving. So it's kind of up to them, too. So we'll check that out and see. And the second big one is 
now our coaches can't call consecutive timeouts. We all know about freezing the kicker. You know, at the end of the game, you got three timeouts, you call all three before he kicks it. Now they can only call one. So, but that not only affects the end of the game with kicks, it's going to be some situations where, say, a coach is, you know, said his team is tired and he wants to get something fixed and he calls a timeout and they run out on the field and all of a sudden he see he don't have the personnel he wants. And he would he can't call. normally mm. call a timeout, but now he can't, you know. So we have to have a play. It can't be a dead ball situation before he can call, you know. The other team can call one, but he can't. So that, that's going to affect some things too. So that'll take a little getting used to. And the uh, thing is, they kind of get a, a spot where they don't have to – they won't get a penalty for it, but we won't give them the first time – I mean the timeout. So it, it's going to be some adjustments in that too. So mm-hmm. And a few other Yeah, great changes. information. Charles, Thank you want to follow up with a question? Yeah, I, and I wanted to ask this. Uh, and you mentioned your travel schedule going around to uh, various camps and whatnot, but uh, you put your officials through uh, quite an intensive uh, training, uh, especially with regards to workshops. Uh, I wanted you to talk a little bit about uh, just the training that the uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference officials are doing and to prepare themselves for the season. Well, thank you, Chuck. I appreciate that because a lot of people think they wake up on Saturday morning and go out there and call the game. You know, and we wish it could <laughs> be that easy, but actually, our guys are, you know, in training this almost year round. You know, like on a typical week, say this week we got we're doing the Swag Meat Challenge in Atlanta. So Sunday, all of the referees in the SWAC are on a call with me and maybe an NFL referee or two. And then on Mondays, uh, normally they do a lot of their um, group work with their own chapters in whatever city they're in. But on Tuesday, we have a meeting with a lot of scrimmage people that meet with our NFL and, and D1 college guys. Also on Tuesdays, we'll have a replay meeting with Zoom. Uh, for about an hour with Dean Blandito, the national replay coordinator. Our umpires meet for about an hour. Then our deep guys meet for about an hour. So all of our positions are going to meet for an hour or so with with somebody to make sure we get some training in. And then on Wednesdays and Thursdays, they'll meet with their crews. So, you know, they put in some time during the week before the game. You know, then we'll have – when they meet with the crews, they'll have a pregame where they'll talk about the game coming up. And then on Friday, they have to be there by 9 p.m., get there to make sure we're in the city, make sure everybody's available and good and no hiccups on travel. We'll call the game on Saturday. Then most guys get out on Sunday. You know, some games are, according to where the game is, they can get out after the game, you know. So they put in some time, you know. And like we say, you're – you're tested all during the offseason, and we are tested during the season. All other officials have to take a national test and pass it before they can call, you know. So, yeah, it's a lot of work into it, but it's a lot of good work too, Chuck, you know. And we're always encouraging people to join us with officiating because there's a big, big shortage on football officials, basketball officials all across the nation. So, especially if you're one of those Monday morning quarterbacks and you know all those rules and you know all those calls that were missed. <laughs> we need <laughs> right. 
You get paid for it, huh? And you get paid for Man, it. That's, you get paid. That's awesome. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect way. Uh, before we take this next break and get you out of here, I know you have a big schedule. I did want to ask you about the replay, instant replay. Um, okay. How do you think uh, the conference has done with the instant replay? We see it utilized a lot more, and from what I can tell, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, they've been doing pretty well in terms of getting the call right on the field. Uh, but when necessary, they can go to replay and they do change it. Just in general, what are your thoughts on replay? Most definitely. We, we've improved. Uh, we went from, <clears throat> I guess, four years ago, we were just replaying the conference games. And, you know, and before okay. that, when I was on the field, we just replayed games that were on TV. So we've grown right. in that aspect of it, you know. So now we replay all of the games. And replay is a great tool, you know, because on the field, we train the guys and we teach them, number one, if they trust their training, all, just that's all you got to do, trust mm -hmm. your training. Because we're blessed to have, to me, some of the best guys in the world training. Matter of fact, I know we got the best guys in the world training. So you trust your training. You're going to be okay. It's going to be some situations that replay is very, very vital. You know, we try to <clears> – their <throat> training is, and we tell coaches and everybody involved, that if you don't want us to call it a fumble, hold on to the ball. Because with replay, that helps us tremendously, that if that knee is like that it. close to the ground, he is not mm -hmm. down. You know, yeah. but the ball is loose. We don't want to take away a great defensive play where they scoop and score, you know, saying that we thought he was down. No, we want video evidence that he was down, okay? So they're trained to let those go, let it play out, then we'll let replay take a look at it. Because replay is going to take a look at every scoring play. They're going to take a look at every turnover, you know, mm. not to mention they really look at every play in the game. They, they really have a tough job up there, and the guys are doing a heck of a job now with instant replay. So we um, we do have some challenges with, you know, in the SWAC, we got great bands and, and cheerleaders, and sometimes <laughs> our camera guys are not on the game, you know. So that's, <laughs> that's one of the things that we try to, try to get fixed. I like that. And it's gotten a lot better, you know, over the last couple of years. And and we're, we're up in the game and replay, too, where that uh, we expect them to, to do better than – Four years ago, you know, and better than last year. So it, it is a very tough job. And it's a way that also, I'm always plugging officials, that in replay, we're getting more people that never call football. Some of them never played football, but they're good technically, you know, where they can handle the mouses and all the different other equipment, like some of these gaming guys, you know, and if they can learn some rules and, and, and just go with video evidence because that's the difference with them. On the field, we got that long to make a call. But in replay, they can stop it. They can slow it down. They can take a look at it. But we don't want them to take no longer than two minutes because we got to get back to it. But they can do that and then make a decision, you know, that might we just don't want a game to be turned or a score or not a score when we got – evidence to say no it shouldn't have been or yes it is so replay is a very big part of it. 
But we want the guys just to call the game on the field. Call it like you've been trained. And then if there's a situation where it needs to be replayed, we'll have that backup. I appreciate that perspective. And it's good that we got that out there. And it's good that we have this time. Uh, at the end of the season, we'd like to bring you back and get some more information about just understanding uh, more about the game, or maybe even before the SWAC championship game. Uh, okay, that'd be great. A, a different perspective of it. Thank you. Just want to uh, be thankful of your time. Thank you coming in and sharing those, particularly those two new rules that really will open up uh, the game in a lot of ways and people can get an understanding of what to expect. So um, we're going to take this last break. We'll come back on the other side. That's Mr. Eddie Kelly. He is the official of the uh, SWAG football coordinator of officials for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. We'll be right back after this last break. No. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kinda got a six sense. And a head-up display. They're here. I hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show.
Compress the analytic data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they wanna love laugh And who the ball, who the ball So listen to Professor Yes sir And pay attention Cause he gon' teach a lesson this is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with Charles Bishop and Mr. John Grant, Executive Director of the Meet X-Wing Challenge and the Celebration Bowl. Mr. Grant, we, we understand that you uh, are cleaning up the house because you have some visitors coming to Atlanta this weekend. Well, you know, Doc, thank you all for having me. Um, I'm always delighted to be here with you guys. But, you know, we are doing a little lawn work. Um, a little trimming of the of the, of the hedges, uh, making sure that we, we're dusting it and get the, getting the dust from under the rugs, um, because we we are expecting several several thousand to be coming into our home this weekend, and we're excited and happy that both of you are going to be a part of that that visiting crew. That's exactly yes, right. I, I love the festivities. And your hospitality is such nice and on a high level that it, I'd be regretted if I didn't find a way to make it down. And you have this big time game coming up with Jackson State, South Carolina State, the rematch in a lot of ways from um, uh, the Celebration Bowl from two years ago. Uh, but what we wanted to kind of talk about was the big news and what takes this game uh, and makes it even meaningful, more meaningful than what we thought uh, just a day ago with the announcement of the Dean of the MEAC football. We said the Dean of HBCU football in itself. Coach Oliver Buddy Pugh has announced his retirement at the end of the 2023 season. Uh, when you heard the announcement, you, I guess, the first thing we'll ask, where were you and what were your thoughts? Well, um, I received a call today um, from um, the athletic director and she told me that they were about to you know, make the uh, release, the announcement. Um, we were here at the hotel working, of course, um, getting ready for the game. Um, I was I was somewhat surprised because, again, Coach P was just on you guys' show this week. Um, no, no mention of it, but uh, I do understand it um, and certainly excited for, for the university. I'm excited for him. And because of that announcement, that just puts an entirely new twist uh, of significance on the, on the, on this uh, upcoming Cricket Meac Swag Challenge, and I I thought for a moment I'm like, now is Coach Pugh just looking for some some bulletin board material to, to get his players fired up for this game, um, or is it you know sincerely an opportunity for him to you know to to make this his his last uh, his last season? So we're we're excited for him, but I tell you what, guys, it. it it now gives a whole different storyline to this matchup and adds just another little bit of flavor to it um, with Coach Taylor debut and with Coach um, Coach Pugh on his way out after the season. Yeah, Charles alluded to it. And with that, Charles, go ahead and follow up with your question. Well, yeah, I, I mean, uh, when you take a look at it, I think you just touched on it, uh, uh, Coach Taylor. Uh, with his in, in, inaugural foray in terms of leading his Jackson State football team, uh, Buddy Pugh with the announcement. Uh, when you really, you know, sort of take a look at the matchup now, uh, does it just, I, I guess, spin the significance of uh, how important this game will be and uh, bring even, uh, even more fans, if possible, to this game? Well, 
Well, you think about that. Um, South Carolina State and uh, Coach Buddy Pugh played in the inaugural um, MEAC SWAC Challenge in 2005 against Alabama State, and they won that game uh, against uh, Alabama State. So they have actually played in uh, a total of four um, MEAC SWAC Challenges, the most of any school, um, and have a, a three and one record now. Uh, and that that winning record ties Bethune Cookman. Bethune Cookman played in three MEAC SWAC Challenge. They won all three. Um, so, yes, Charles, it does add some significance to it. But I think you think about it this way too. You know, the, the, you, you got a newcomer you in, uh, allude to, and then you have a, a veteran um, coach that I even refer to as like the modern day Eddie Robinson with his record. Um, his 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 win loss record is indisputable, but he has announced his retirement at the end of the season with a new coach coming in, um, starting his first season. And um, what what a, what a transition and what an opportunity here, you know, around this year's game. You want to come because this this will be the last time you'll see Coach Pugh in the Cricket Miak Swack Challenge in a season opener. No doubt. Tell me about this. Um, I know it goes back and predates when you move uh, as the executive director with the new challenge, uh, really revitalizing the MEXWAC challenge in a lot of ways, moving it to Atlanta and being able to to push it forward uh, in a rebranding facet in a lot of ways, I must say. But talk about your experience with working with Coach Buddy Pugh. How has that been? Are there any stories that you might be able to share with us? <laughs> You know, you know, obviously there's some that you can share on record. <laughs> who, who can uh, anyone who spent time with Coach Pugh ha- has stories? Um, and uh, let me let me. T- he's he's always been you know the consummate gentleman to me. Um, I have truly enjoyed every encounter um, with him. Mm. He returns every phone call that you make. Um, he is a com- as accommodating as anyone that you really want to, to meet. And what I admire about him most, and it's the same with, with every person who works with young men and in the development of young men that, you know, he always puts his student athletes first. And um, that's always been the case in every conversation, but, you know, I will tell you one, even the story, it happened today. (laughs) Uh, And we laughed about it because I told him, uh, coach, we spoke today and I said, look, you know, we're going to make sure we, sort of when we open this game in the opener, there's going to be some features of you and your history and with the announcement. And he laughed as, as Coach P. Wood, and he said, now, John, don't tell too much. I have skeletons in my closet. And so, <laughs> and I had just finished telling the guys, you know, that in 22 years, you've never heard anything relative to um, recruit, you know, major violations or recruiting violations or anything at South Carolina State. And I think that that speaks volumes to Coach Pugh and how he has um, led that football program and did it with with the utmost integrity. Yeah, we're gonna have to have our Pughisms, quotes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Pughism? Yeah. Uh, he will all, all sucks you to death. Oh, <laughs> you know. Well, let me tell you this: I, I went into that interview and I had. You know, like you notice, you do all you know. You saw how I prepare to get ready. So I 
I've done all my breakdown. I got all his first team, second team, offense, defense. Really impressed by what he has on defense. You know he tends to have a good defense. Quarterback coming back, Brad. I come in there, I was like, man, Jackson State got a lot of work to find a way to get out of this game. After the interview, I was like, man, Jackson State will be fine. That's no like, okay, like I say, you got a chance. He just, oh, we ain't got this. We we doing this. We just want to see if we can show up and make up some. What is it, coach? <laughs> so, so have you experienced that from your side coming in? Like, who today, did we invite to this game? Today, going. <laughs> he said, John, if you got a left tackle, I'll be down there in just a few hours. <laughs> I said, Coach, let me see if I got one in my pocket. He said, if you got one, I'll be there in a few hours. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. It's so good. It's, it's, it's really good that we can celebrate our coaches because um, we've yeah. had a lot of love for our HBCU coaches. In some ways, it's probably been the worst in regards to they've been our best kept secret. Yes. But what you're being able to do with the celebration on the MEAC SWAC Challenge, you've been able to open up that secret box, unwrapped it almost as a gift, and you're giving it to the world. And the platform that what you've been able to do and partner with ESPN in regards to getting them to understand the value of it, now obviously they see it, quite frankly, pretty easy in a lot of ways. Now we still got to do work to make sure it lasts. Mm-hmm. But opening this on ABC – uh, as a night game to open up week zero uh, in regards to what that looks like. It's fascinating. Can you talk a little bit about how exciting you are to be able to unwrap this gift to give to the world, the pewisms that we just talked about that a lot of people may not really realize. Well, um, I have to, you know, take my hat off to, um, you know, the teams at uh, ESPN, Jim, Jimmy Patero, um, Clint Overby, um, Burke Mangus, all those guys who who were involved early on. Uh, Pete Derzis, who's no longer with um, uh, ESPN, um, that when, you know, early on when um, um, Commissioner Dennis Thomas and others um, even began the conversation around broadcasting HBCU games on the new that new network that was called ESPNU. And HBCUs were the first games that were broadcast on the ESPNU network. And to go from that to um, opening college football in prime time on ABC, I think not only speaks volumes to the commitment, but let's, if you look at it from a, from a business case, it made business sense. And certainly um, the success of the Celebration Bowl, the level of play that we're seeing from our HBCU HBCU programs, the the leadership that HBCU coaches have been exhibiting. We're seeing more institutions now that are seeing the value of investing in athletics. And we hope that trend continues. So when you've got a great product and the product gets better and the product that's that's being put on the field um, improves, and we're seeing that, this, I think, is just the appropriate evolution. And you can't um, certainly leave the fans out. You know, we some got some of the best fans um, in college football who bring, you know, the culture to the, the visual experience of the game. 
So this is um, this is really just the beginning uh, of what we can what what's, I believe is going to be the future of that. You're going to see more of this happening because of the um, the business case that's been made and the economics around it. Um, and it's I think it wouldn't be on ABC if it didn't make good business sense, you know, for ESPN it certainly wouldn't. And we've made the case here that if you're in the right market, you put the right matchups on the on the, on the field. And, that, and just with this game alone, guys, if you'll allow me for a moment, you know, there's been a history of this. Sure. I, I will tell you, if I, if I looked at it in terms of they talk about wins and losses and why, you know, the MEAC has um, so many more wins than the SWAC, um, it simply came down to two things. I mean, one thing primarily, the MEAC looked at it, they were sending their best teams who were their best teams at the time to compete. And at the time, the SWAC was using it as um, an opportunity, I'll call it participation opportunity. They just wanted each of their schools mm -hmm. to have an opportunity to participate. Um, I, so if when I look at the matchups and I look at them historically, there were some really good ones and some close ones, but there were also just some matchups that, that didn't really make sense. Uh, if you're looking at it from trying to really put something together. And I think that that was one of the, the, the contributing factors why there was a lopsided win-loss record there. What we try to do now when we brought it to Atlanta to rebrand it, to reestablish it, is to make sure that we're putting good matchups together, to make mm -hmm. sure that those matchups are regional so that fans can drive. We look at a six-hour radius um, so that fans can can get – there, but we also looked at what teams that are are that that would would make good matchups like our matchup. Well, when we did this game in twenty nineteen, we had no idea that they would be going to the Celebration Bowl in twenty twenty one. So this booking it in twenty nineteen just set it up for a, a, a tremendous rematch for this year and next year with Florida M and M and Norfolk State here in Atlanta. Florida hasn't been in Atlanta since 2014, and mm -hmm. as and and Norfolk State hasn't been to Atlanta to play football at all. This will be their first, so you know there's going to be excitement around that. And you look at the right. future matchup. So that's what we we we've tried to do to really make this game um, the kind of what we call the rivalry is real. Um, mm. You know, to make mm. the rivalry real, and that's why since it's been here, it's tied. It's two two. So this this is going to be a tiebreaker um, from our point of view. Now, some will say, well, you can't look at the past. Oh, we're not. But the new Miak, Cricket Miak Swag Challenge began in 2018. And so we count the record from there then to now. Not discounting the past, but it's from then to now. So right now you can see what that the results we get from that. Understand. Be remiss. I know your time is very busy. As you said, you have a lot of folks that you're bringing uh, to your house, if you allow me to use that, that vernacular. But uh, we would like to give you the last word. Any last comments you want to make in, in regards to where folks can get their tickets, expectations in regards to the events that they can consider uh, being a part of this, or any last word that you want to say about Coach P? Well, um, let me start with Coach P first. And and certainly um, just a, 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 a gentleman, um, a great coach. He's put some wonderful, uh, had wonderful results in sending young men to the next level to, to the NFL and also making them successful in the classroom and, and off the field. 
So my uh, hats off to him, but he still has, look, he still has a season. Um, and I'm sure he's going to want to finish this season strong. And so we'll see that happen here in Atlanta. Um, but the other part I want to tell you, look, this game, we, we today we just had to open some unused sections of the stadium that uh, aren't normally open because we were practically down to about 400 tickets left. And today is Thursday. And so we know, all of us know that we have we have a lot of activity on Friday and then walk-ups on Saturday. So we had to, you know, work with Georgia State today to open some sections that they don't normally open. Um, to be able to accommodate, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the sales that we're seeing. And now with this announcement today, I know that there'll be a lot more uh, interest in coming out. And then I do want to announce one other thing too, that's um, um, we're excited about. And that is um, we're going to have a special guest at this game. And you guys, I'm breaking it here on this, on this, on this show. Uh, we'll have a special guest at this game. That's going to be making a, a, a special uh, contribution. So if you recall in last year at the BET Awards, Sean Combs made, uh, made a commitment of $1 million to Jackson State football. Well, he will be on site at this year's Cricket Meak Swack Challenge to present that $1 million check to um, wow. Jackson State football. Um, so he will be there, um, going to be there to enjoy the game. Um, he will be speaking with the team. Uh, before and you you may see him run out with the team as an honorary captain uh, for this this year's kickoff. So so we're excited about that. He he and his 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 um around for the game, um, and uh, we're excited to have him do that. But we're what we're really excited about, guys, is that we're able to create the stage. And 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 Ad Robinson, Ashley Robinson, gave me a call this weekend to to say, hey, look, he he was reached out to by um by his foundation and would be would we be oh, I'm sorry would we be willing to to make that happen and the answer was absolutely yes um absolutely. because we hope that that'll inspire others uh to be able to do that and and it's it's tremendous Jackson State's been a great partner with us along with South Carolina State and all the HBCUs that we partner with but we can create use this stage that we built for something like that it was an absolute for us. So we're excited about it. Make sure you people, you get your tickets. Um, it's just got a little bit better now with, uh, we're going to have a little celebrity firepower there at the game this year. Um, we got Dougie Fresh performing in our Coca-Cola fan experience early on. And let me tell you the, the excitement that you're going to see, I was over there today and they were building it out Man, this is going to be fantastic. Um, I was speaking also to our friends at Jackson state with their hospitality tent, and as of last week, they told me they had over 300 people who have RSVP to be a part of their their um, fan experience hospitality area. South Carolina State is. You I'm know, good. I'm good. Right I'm with y'all. I'm going with y'all. I know I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so come on out, have some fun. A um, lot of lot of great things happening. And and again, I want to congratulate um, Ashley Robinson and the Jackson State. Um, um, football program uh, for this wonderful uh, opportunity that they're going to have and the relationship that they've built, built with Mr. Combs. That's huge. That's huge. No doubt about it. Great way to close. We know you have a busy schedule. Thank you for breaking the news. Thank you for joining us and giving some insight on the legend, uh, Coach Buddy Pugh. 
in terms of what he means, uh, not just the MEAC football, but HBCU football, particularly at the FCS level, the matchups, the pewisms, and just his connection with the, the uh, MEAC Swag Challenge and Celebration Bowl. You put a bow on it uh, and really uh, provided a great framework. So we appreciate your time. Uh, we'll take our last break. We'll come back on the other side, close things out, uh, and we'll give you some final thoughts in terms of uh, what it means as we get ready for the opening of the season. Week zero It's going to be good. MEAC SWAC Challenge, Jackson State University out of SWAC, South Carolina State out of MEAC. Notice I said SWAC, MEAC, because you MEAC SWAC. <laughs> we'll be right back after the break. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Charles Fisher. As we come to the close, I do have to say this. Charles, you're less than 24 hours. You'll be in Atlanta. I'll be in Atlanta. Yeah. We'll be in the mix. We're 48 hours away. By this time, in two days, the ball has been kicked off. Uh, if you can't be there live like we are, tune it in. ABC 730. Uh, you can check it out on your television. Uh, tune in your television. Even if you're going to the game, tune it in. Turn it on. Make sure that you have it in there. Uh, we want to get all the plugs we can. But certainly, if you can't, uh, attend in person. You can't get there. Make sure you tune in and watch it. It'll be a great event, uh, no matter what takes place. You hear all the history. You'll see uh, how they will do um, the intro for Coach Buddy Pugh and rewind all the history there. Obviously, the new coach coming in with T.C. Taylor, that's going to be brilliant. But with that said, Charles, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, how are you feeling? How excited are you? Are you ready for some football? Ready for some football. Really uh, excited. This has been a slow build to get to uh, this weekend. And when you talk about it, Jackson State has been uh, the dominant storyline all offseason uh, with regards to uh, Coach Prime leaving, going to Colorado. Uh, T.C. Taylor, native son uh, of Jackson State, a uh, fan favorite, uh, coming in to take over this program. 
Uh, and they've come up with one of the catchy phrases that Jackson State has ever had in terms of model, guard the yard. Uh, and you have this groundswell of guard the yard going over to Atlanta this weekend uh, to take a look at this new uh, Jackson State football team. And then an announcement with Coach Buddy Pugh. Uh, like uh, uh, John Grant said, uh, a modern day, Eddie Robinson, if you will, uh, who was going to be uh, hanging up at the end of the season. So, and Buddy Pugh really is a throwback to the old cold coaches of yesteryear. When you talk about the uh, Eddie Robinsons, the WC Gordons, uh, uh, the Pete Richards, and those guys of that ilk, uh, this is going to be a phenomenal experience. And then you have um, the game itself being on ABC. You have uh, ESPN events, you had John Grant breaking uh, the fact that uh, one of the iconic uh, celebrities, uh, performers uh, on the planet, uh, Sean Combs, will be in attendance there. Uh, what more can you ask for? Uh, great point. 50th anniversary of hip-hop, you got Dougie Fresh. Uh, certainly will tune it up in terms of Friday for the Game Fest. Uh, and you perfectly said that. Shout out to all the lab listeners. Uh, as well as Troy Lamont. He says, greatest HBCU football dynasty, a and I'm going to have to share with him. We did a story on that, uh, and I didn't get a chance to get into him, but I need to make sure that he's aware of some of the historic teams. Jake Gaither, FAMU, Prairie View A&M, uh, some of the legendary programs from Jackson State. Uh, it's a lot of them out there. Morgan State, to name a few. A&T might just have to get in line. I had to stick that out a little bit. Now, if he puts in modern time. You know, maybe that's not an answer, but you can't just say all the time. Come on, man. You know, I'm a historian, HBCU. You see the book back there on the desk for Charles Bishop. You know, that's what I do. I'm going to get him a little history, teach him some history, make sure he knows. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Niata Kabil, the dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bills Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. Check us out. We're going to try to give you something on Sunday at 9. Uh, we'll let you know as we get closer to it, but we have a special that we will give you um, on Saturday. Uh, make sure you check us out because we'll be going live. Game time. We'll give you uh, some inside. We'll be around the events in terms of Dougie Fresh and all the ceremonies. We'll be out there on the yard live. Uh, from that morning, 9 to 12. So check us out. And then you have, obviously, Carlos Brown, uh, as he will give you his show and his updates. So And then we get into it, uh, into game time. We're less than 48 hours away. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's D-R-K-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. D-R-K-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Roy? Lecture. Dismissed. <laughs>